broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, amid glass and steel towers, in the heart of the South's largest city with the busiest airport in the world, this is The Conversation Cafe, a weekly internet radio show that interviews fascinating guests who are engaged in a verbal exchange of sentiments, observations, opinions, and ideas that educate, empower, and enlighten. Well, you know that age-old saying, if you change something in history, it might change something right now. This is Conscious Radio for our conscious people. There would have never been special education had there not been school desegregation. And now, here are your hosts, A. Raquel and Mahogany Dawn. Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the Conversation Cafe. We are your hosts, A. Raquel and Mahogany Dawn, and we're coming to you live from Studio 3408 here in Atlanta, Georgia. It has indeed been a very beautiful and wonderful spring-like day in the midst of winter here in the ATL. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just enjoying it. I tell you, I, I guess the weather is a little indicative of how the rest of our lives are going to be. Uh, the rest of this year, 2015, you know, we're talking about living your best life in 2015. We kicked it off last week because it was the top of our season. It was the beginning of our season, the beginning of our year here at the Conversation Cafe talking about living the best life ever in 2015, and we're still on that same subject because we want you all of you out there in the cafe to live the, your best life. Live the best life you can live this year. We want you to experience the best this year. We want you to have the best this year. So we, as as we work on ourselves, we're going to help you work on you as well. I tell you, um, we're talking about we're experiencing here in the ATL about 65, 68 degrees. Whether it's, it, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything else. If I had created it myself, you know, that's what I would have created. <laughs> you know, I tell you, I tell you, considering that, you know, last week we were very, it was very chilly, it was very cold. We were experiencing, what, 20s, 30s, and at nighttime we were getting down into the teens. So to get a little bit of sunshine and, and some warm weather, I can't complain about it. I'm not going to complain about it. Right. You know, uh, you know, I've been excited to come and be with all of you out there every Tuesday. I hope that you get excited too about being with us in the Conversation Cafe because we look forward to every Tuesday coming to sit and chat with with you to hear what you have to say, to get your comments, get your questions, your insight about life and about the things that are going on around you and your communities and in your lives. And so at any point in time throughout this show, if you would like to chime in this conversation, if you would like to share with us how you are living your best life so far this year, being that today is the 20th of January, Mm -hmm. and we're coming off the King holiday, so I hope that all of you did something wonderful yesterday and not just took a day off, but that you had an opportunity to reflect on those who have paved the way, who have trailed, blazed the trail before us so that we can do what we do now, so that we can be on the radio now, so that you can go to those jobs that you go to every day, so that you can live in the houses that you live in and drive the car that you drive and do some of the things that you do. I hope that you took the time to remember those people. 
And um, so, of course, we, you know, we want to say thank you. We say thank you, and we always say thank you to those who have gone before us and paved the way and made a way for us to do what we do. I certainly appreciate it. But, again, if at any point in time throughout this show, while we're on the air, if you'd like to talk to us live in person, do call us, 773-897-3986. We are also going to be opening up our chat line. So if you're a little bit shy and you say, I don't quite want to talk or verbalize what I have to say, you want to type it out, our chat lines are going to be open. Twitter and Facebook are always open. You can find us over at The Combo Cafe. And we will be happy, more than happy to entertain your questions and your comments and even read some of them live on the air. So, again, this is The Conversation Cafe. We are your hosts. Hey, Raquel and Mahogany Dawn, we're coming to you live from Studio 3408 here in Atlanta, Georgia. Our show for this evening, we're going to be talking about living your best life in 2015. And if you haven't already started, it's not too late. We're just 20 days into the new year. It's better late than never. Why not start today? Why not start this minute? Why not start right now, living your best life? Hello, somebody. Okay. <laughs> Can you not? Okay, and you tapping on the microphone like like you're in the church house. I'm sorry. What are we gonna do with her cafe? I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna do nothing but love her. That's A Raquel. My co host A Raquel. What's happening, A Raquel? Glad to be back in the studio this evening. Excited about our show. I'm talking about living your best life in twenty fifteen. I am certainly kicking off the year. Some great things have happened already, and I am anticipating um, going to another level, another dimension in thought, faith, and action. So uh, we are preparing this evening for the show. Hope you call your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, and your friend and friends and let them know that the Conversation Cafe is on, and A-Rapel and Mahogany Dawn are ready to speak with you this evening. Can't wait. And we're ready to educate you. We're ready to empower you. We're ready to enlighten you tonight. We have exactly one hour to do that, and we hope that we meet your satisfactions on tonight. So do please call us, 773-897-3986. This is a new year. It's 2015. Come on. If you can't get excited, then when will you get excited? If you're not now, when? Okay, come on, get excited. It's time to live your best life. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue living this best life. This is the Conversation Cafe.
children are our future. And that's for sure. They are our future. So we need to make sure that they have a dream and they have visions and they have goals. And on the way that they they are going to have that is that if you have that, because they watch what you do, they do what you do. And so it's important that you make sure that you're on target with trying to make sure that you live the best life. They will also live the best life and have the best life because they are our future. I love that song. I just serenaded my co-host up in here singing Whitney Houston. Speaking of Whitney Houston, hey, Raquel. Yes. This past weekend, Angela Bassett made her debut as a director uh, with the Whitney Houston debut. Yes. And with the Whitney Houston movie, her Whitney Houston biopic. Or did you get a chance to see that? I did have an opportunity to check it out. I did. Um, I have mixed feelings about the movie. Um, of course, I am a Whitney Houston fan. I have always been, will always be. And I guess looking at the the drama, didn't see a whole lot of correlation between the, the um, I guess, character or Whitney's. I, I don't think it was done justice. I'll put it that way. I understood the storyline, could follow the storyline, understand the information that was presented, but it was just something about it that just wasn't like, it didn't pop to me. You know what I mean? It seemed as if something was missing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I understood the storyline. I know what they were uh, trying to do as far as the characters or the actors that portrayed Whitney and Bobby. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't pleased with the characters, the actors, I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. It just didn't. It didn't jail for you? It didn't jail for you. It didn't jail for you. Now, I did enjoy the interview after afterwards with Bobby Brown. I did enjoy that interview. Um, I think a lot of people probably um, were enlightened about certain aspects of their lives. And I, I thought that was very good, but I mean, I understood the content of the of the story, uh, you know what they were trying to achieve. But I just wasn't, I just wasn't pleased. It didn't jump for you. No. It didn't. It didn't clip. I, I've seen. I mean, I mean, yeah. And being that I guess it was the Angela's first time, and maybe probably not having access to a lot of information outside of what we already know mm-hmm. and then trying to piece it together because that's what it may have come off to me a little bit like, okay, you took tabloid information, you took bits and pieces of, of what we were able to see through the reality show, through interviews and news highlights and pieces together and kind of put some fillers in the middle to have a an hour and a half long or two hour long movie. Well, I mean, you know, for some people, you know, I guess if you know or proclaim that you know, quote unquote, or are fans of Bobby and and Whitney, you can kind of piece together some of the events that were taking place within the film. But, you know, great actors bring about great films to me. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that was missing. I think uh, I saw the Twitter uh, feed um, and some other feeds from other uh, social media, and a lot of people were like, mm, they weren't digging it either. So I, I think it was just uh, the controversy surrounding 
the um, movie itself. They may have kind of fouled a lot of people, but it just didn't, it just didn't hit for me. And I know that Angela Bassett is a fantastic actor. It wasn't, it wasn't a Tina Turner. It wasn't what love got to do with it. No. And what love, and so. I wouldn't even put it on that. I wouldn't even put it on that scale. I mean, from a TV movie standpoint, let me see what movie I, there are TV, well, I, I can say the drama that Empire. I think it, the Empire caught people's attention and was able to hold people's attention, and it was like real life, this is what takes place. But then when I look at the biopic story, I just didn't get that same feeling, even with the, um, I know, um, I forgot who was singing the song. I think the music itself was great. I think it was, uh, was it Deborah Cox? I think think it may have been Deborah Cox. The music was great. I mean, Great, but then, you know, the other, in addition to the acting, the the skills and abilities weren't there. And so it really, what I think what what probably happened here, because I've seen so many, I've seen quite a few other biopics, um, and you tend to, I mean, even from, uh, I'm going to say like the ones more recent, like 42 with Jackie Robinson. That um, was great. With James Brown, Malcolm X, you know, you Think about Tina Turner, and I think the thing that that's common, even even though they were different writers, different directors, even different actors, I think the thing that was common with those was was that eventually you lost the actor and you was drawn into the cat the the person. Right, and, and so and and so it started intertwining because, like, with after a certain point of what love got to do with it, you know, I'm sorry, Angela Bassett, you begin to see Tina Turner, right, and Ike, and Ike, absolutely, right. and everyone and, else that was a part of the cast, absolutely. So, and the same thing with Malcolm X. At a certain point, you no longer saw Denzel Washington. You, you begin to see Malcolm X and, yeah. and, and the rest of the cast. Right and, and right and um, Chad, Bos- I think it's Bosnick, mm-hmm. um, who played Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. You no longer saw him. Even even Forty Two, and he did also James Brown. Right. You know, at a certain point, you forgot. That I forgot he was Chad. He, he right. sounded like he looked like he acted like he walked like James Brown, and I think the same thing happened. Um, I, I, or it did not happen with the Whitney movie. Right, and the young lady that played Whitney, I think she gave it a best shot. There were moments in there that when she turned a certain way or she did certain things, you feel like, yeah. She didn't quite movie. embody. Yeah, she didn't quite embody, but there were right. you know, certain frames within the story that you say, yeah, Whitney, that was Whitney, but I don't. I have yet to see someone that I think that could pray, uh, portray Whitney Houston. I haven't, you know, and only only actually that I know, Whitney young, was younger than she was. The, um, the lady we used to see um, late night on um, Bounce, the one I said she looks just like Whitney Houston, reincarnated. Oh, I don't know. Uh, she used to play, um, who was the lady? I can't think of. Um, she looks just like her. But... I have I have never seen I have yet to see anyone else that looks like Whitney that I think can pull it off. And sometimes I don't think it's necessarily that you have to really truly look like the person because I don't think in my mind Denzel didn't really look like Malcolm X. Well, but he was able to 
draw himself into the character uh-huh. enough that at a certain point you was like, wait a minute, is that is that a true picture of Malcolm or was that Denzel? Right. And so I mean, between makeup artists and him really um, studying Malcolm's mannerisms and and the way he moved and held his and mouth and and things of that nature, and so I think that comes with training, more training. And I think the two actors are very new to the game. Initially, when they did the photo shoot, they looked very much like Bobby and Whitney, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think that they could, they were able to really pull it off. And then, and then to me, at a certain point of the movie, it wasn't any more about Whitney. It was it was a little more kind of went into talking about Bobby, right? And his struggle. And that's that's one of the comments that I saw quite often on um, social media, and they you know people were not pleased with it. Uh, love Bobby Brown. I think he's done a great job of rebounding. I, I'm happy that he is sober and mm-hmm. in love, raising a five-year-old son. But I think it was more about Bobby, um, the way that it was portrayed and the way that it came across on film. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, maybe someone else will take, you know, pick up the um, task later. And try it again. And I know the family wasn't really into her. Wasn't at all. Yeah, supportive <laughs> of her doing this movie. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. It's it is. And I, and I have a wonderful idea, but I'm not going to share that over the year. Because I may be the director that can put it, pull it together and have a great Whitney Houston movie. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, because I, I, I really do see a different angle in which we could really enjoy a movie. About I mean because we, oh, one thing for sure, and that's something we'll talk about as we get further into the show about living a better life. We, when you understand we're we're not perfect, we're gonna right. make mistakes, and right. so I don't think that anyone really. I would hope not. I don't think that her family really has an issue with the struggles she faced. However, they want to make sure that it is a a complete encompassed work of who she really was. Yeah, I agree. And then going back and remembering the interview that I saw with uh, her mother, Sissy Houston, her brother, and uh, Oprah. Right. Uh, you know, some of the information that was given during that taping, I think, was very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And knowing the fact that some I, I did see some reposts of that, you know, particular story, mm-hmm. talking about drug use and things of that nature, and, and Bobby confirming some of the things that we all came into an enlightenment of or the knowledge of during that time at witness death and things that pertaining to drugs. I think you and I talked about, you know, the drug thing, how, you know, young, working, and, and that and that industry is very stressful. And especially when you are a box office star, people love you, people want more of you. They work you to death. They they tour you to death. I mean, you just she's not the first, nor would she be the last star that will succumb to that drug use. But then the thing about it is, is her brother stated stated that he is the one that introduced her to cocaine. Whatever he did, she did. Her being the baby sister, he's been the oldest. I think he's the oldest. If I'm not mistaken, he's not the oldest. He's the second. Oh, there's a brother. I think his I name think is Michael. A, I think he's maybe the oldest. So they two all the time. He was always with her. He said, you know, uh, unfortunately, and I and I've seen this in my own family that 
there are some people that can do certain things and they can hit it and quit it, but then there's that addictive personality and they are introduced to certain things in their lives by their family members and they can't recover. And Whitney, unfortunately, could not recover um, because she had, you know, that addictive personality. It coupled with the fact that she was always working, she was highly successful, people were very demanding on her. And we have to look at, you know, when it comes to entertainment, the entertainment industry, when you are hot like that and you're a money magnet, um, it's a capitalistic society that we live in, and that business is very capital-driven. And so she was bringing their money. They're going to tour. They're going to see if she can do this, that, and, and anything they think that they w- would like to achieve with her stardom, they were going to try it. And people get tired. I mean, we saw it with, uh, we were talking about Billie Holiday's story. Right. Same thing. I mean, yeah. touring her with the strength of uh, uh, Jim Crow back in the day, mm-hmm. with the strength of not being able to get a uh, license, cabaret license, and she was very talented. People wanted to see her. But the status quo or the system would not allow her to fully involve as a star that we know of her today to be, but in death. So, you know, with all that stress, I mean, even people that we come across that we have full knowledge of, they've had some issues behind the scenes with drugs and, and other issues because of the stress of the industry, because of the stress of the stardom, because of the stress of trying to be all to everyone. And then everyone is taking a piece of you. Um, but I did find the actress that I was speaking of, Christy Love, the lady that plays Christy Love. Now, if that to me is they look just alike. Now, if, I could, if we could ever meet or see someone that looks like Whitney Houston, looks like Christy Love, you would have someone that would really, I think, truly and wholeheartedly be able to pull off a role uh, of that magnitude. Um, singing, I don't know if we're going to find somebody that can hit those little spots. Again, um, Deborah Cox did a wonderful job. She did. She did a good job. In terms of performing the music, but I, I just wasn't pleased with the with the acting. I know. I just and speaking of, an, of a, another show, you, you mentioned Empire. And, um, of course, many may know, but some of you may not know, that Empire Although we've only seen three episodes, right? I think it's three. Yeah. Or two. I think it's two. Two. Although we've only seen two episodes, Empire has already been renewed for its second season. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, I know a lot of people have mixed reviews, but, of course, IndieWire is reporting that Fox's mega hit series, Empire, has been renewed for a second season after just two. That's right, two episodes. Um, last Wednesday, show ratings registered at 10 Point three million viewers, wow. which is up from the season's debut numbers of 9.9 million viewers. The the series is also looking to add a, a little more power, star power to its cast. Uh, just recently, it was it it announced that Snoop Dogg would appear in an episode between um, February and March. Okay. And um, also, it, um, Daniels is going to bring on multi-Grammy winner, Patti LaBelle. It's going to be interesting what her, what her role is going to be, considering the storyline and how everybody kind of interacts with everyone. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see how they intertwine. I could see Snoop Dogg fitting in very well. 
but it's going to be interesting how uh, Mama Patty fits in. Well, I think they do a wonderful job of integrating the actors that come, come on. Yeah, that we see, and we want to. I think people will tune in just to see how they will be able to interact with them. Mm-hmm. I think a little controversy came in with last week's um, episode with the son calling out Barack Obama in the manner that he called him out. Yeah, and, uh, you and I had that conversation as well. I think young people today, they really are so far removed from the struggles that their parents, their grandparents, their great grandparents. Had, you know, some of the things that they had to go through, I think they don't give, pay homage to or respect to those who have have paved the way for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they even give it a forethought. Uh, and then I was reminded, I was listening to another um, journalist, uh, and they were stating that, you know, we have to recognize, too, that they own Fox. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, Fox, you know, says some pretty less, you know, things that go far to the left, and we do have to remember that it is on Fox. Um, but I think it could be a teachable moment as well when that statement was made about President Obama. Oh, yeah. That, you know, you're going to have to pay respect. And you had you had the dad on the phone. Apologizing. Apologizing to the president. The president hanging up on him. So think about it. Before, he was always invited to the White House. Yeah. After that, he won't be going back to the White House no time soon, if ever. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a teachable moment, and no, people didn't like it. I didn't care for it either, but, you know, to me, that's something that you can utilize to teach young adults or teach kids that are coming up the value of what takes place in at the aftermath. Well, the teach respect, period. Because overall, when you look at that particular character who we're talking about, which is Hakeem, the youngest son, he is very disrespectful to his mom. He's disrespectful to his dad. Absolutely, he's spoiled, and he feels as though he's entitled to a lot. So prior to that, Uh, speaking about the president, expresses a person, 
African American president. I know. So to speak. I know. But um, I mean that's you know there, but you know everyone has an opinion. I I won't say not to watch. I won't say to watch. What I'll say is you make the decision. I mean if it's something you can utilize, it's something it's for entertainment purposes, of course. But if you can find, pick out pieces in there that see. Um, real life, and you can show other people this is what happens, you know, working successfully, coming from a life of crime, drugs swinging, you can't make something of yourself, of course you can spend and make it positive, mm-hmm. which you should not do when you become successful. And I mean, it's just so many dynamics in there. Even the mother going to prison and finding her way out, and now we find out why she's out. I mean, there are so, that's real life. It is, it is. And also, um, I'm looking forward to they're gonna be Debbie Allen along with Mario Van Peebles are gonna be coming on as directors. Okay. So it's gonna be interesting. Daniels has been directing yes. uh, the first two episodes. Of right. So knowing their background and their style of directing is gonna be interesting to see right. where the next um few episodes, what the next episodes go. So again we say congratulations to the cast, the directors, um, everyone involved with Empire, you all are doing a great job with that uh, sitcom. And um, uh, shout out to one of my, my my buddy, none other than Jamal, Mr. Jesse Smollett. Uh, he's doing an awesome job, great, a great friend of mine. And, uh, um, and, and hopefully we'll be doing some things here in the Conversation Cafe real soon here. Uh, possibly surrounding around uh, Empire. So stay tuned. Always tell your friends to link up with us on Facebook and Twitter. Maybe in for a treat on a Wednesday night. So I can't wait to tomorrow night to see the next episode. Another thing, since we're talking about paying homage and um, we're talking about respecting those who paved the way, of course, we just celebrated um, the 47th annual MAK Junior Commemorative Services here in Atlanta, and David Oyelo, as I see, um, was able to, uh, well, he came for the services and attended the services. David Oyelo, just in case you all don't know, he's the actor from Selma who plays Dr. King. Right. He was uh, one of the many special guests who were invited to speak during Monday's uh, commemorative services here in Atlanta. Of course, he's a British-born actor, Um he made a rare appearance, of course, being here. It just hours after marching with his co stars over in Selma, Oprah, Common, um, the director of the movie, Ava DuVernay, and all of them uh, were in Selma and they were at the Edmund Pettus Bridge on Sunday evening. So after leaving Selma, he came over to Atlanta. And um, they were in for a treat, and I heard that he gave a very inspiring and encouraging word to those that were in attendance and those that had the opportunity to hear him speak, and as well as others from um, around the Atlanta metro area and some others from nationwide leaders and politicians were present as well. As always, I heard it was, this was one of the best, one of the best commemorative ser- services uh, that have taken place so far, and I hear that Dr. the Reverend Dr. Bernice King was uh, responsible for putting all of this together. And, it, was, it was great. Yeah, and go ahead. Dr. 
Gwendolyn Elizabeth Boyd, the president of Alabama State University, was the keynote speaker, and she did a fantastic job. She was electrified. I mean, the house was on fire when she did it, and she was too because she totally went to another stratosphere during that that speech. And she, you know, she called some things out. She uh, called people. Uh, she put the call out, the response out, uh, how she wants you to respond and what our responsibilities are in li- continuing to live within the shadows of the dream. There are some things that we still have to do. Uh, I believe that um, she did a wonderful job in, you know, just going back in history, letting us know what what had taken place, bringing some things to the forefront, and the, and the crowd was, it was electrified. It was electrified. Yeah, yeah. And so, like I said, those that were able to be in the audience, was able to be in the place, I mean, they were really in for a treat, and many of them were left speechless with um, the with what Dr. Gwendolyn. Um, yeah, it is, Dr. Yeah, Reverend Dr. Gwendolyn Elizabeth Boyd. Right. After her speech, a lot of them were left speechless. Yeah. And, and again, you know, um, we commend, Elder Dr. Bernice King for putting together such a awesome, awesome commemorative service. The 47th annual. Right, because you really didn't know who was actually going to be the speaker. Uh, no, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, when I checked the site, at one point, I think uh, Reverend Warnock was listed as the keynote speaker, and I tell you, that was definitely a surprise. It was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful surprise. Mm-hmm. That whoever comes out to her next year is going to be a hard act to follow. Very hard act to follow. Well, it is now 37 after the hour, and if you've been listening to the Conversation Cafe, you see here we have a whole lot that we like to talk about. It's just what we say it is. It's about conversation. It's about dialogue. It's about telling us what's on your mind, what's on your heart. If you'd like to chime in this conversation at any point in time throughout the rest of this broadcast, you can do so by dialing 773-897-3986. You can tweet us. You can Facebook us at The Combo Cafe. We would love to hear from you. Let us hear from you. Tell your friends, tell your family. they still got a little time to chime in. Log in live, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Conversation Cafe. Or you can dial in and listen via your cell phones, Androids, iPhones, iPads, however you are, the computer, however you like, to, the best way you like to listen to us, you can do that right now. We are live here in Studio 3408 in Atlanta, GA. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into our topic of tonight, how to live better in 2015. I can't wait. We'll be right back. This is the Conversation Cafe.
Welcome back to the Conversation Cafe. I am A. Raquel, and I'm in the studio with my co-host, Mahogany Dawn. We are happy you tune in with us this evening. We're switching over years, and we're going to be talking about living your best life in 2015. We've covered all the social media news that we can cover, but this is the most exciting part of the show. We're going to talk about how you can indeed live your best life in 2015. Uh, I've kicked off the year, made some goals, had to put them down, write the vision and make it plain. I look at them daily. I'm reminded of them from some teammates that I have that are continuously pushing me as I push them into greatness. So how are you doing? What have you on your 2015 list to accomplish this year? What do I have on my list to accomplish? Yes. Wow. Let me see what's on my list that's not just like too super personal. Uh, well, I want to have a better show this year. So I hope that we're having a better show in the Conversation Cafe this year. I think we will. That, that's one thing. Um, definitely my thing is to, you know, I want to educate our audience more. I want to empower our audience more. I want to enlighten our audience a whole lot more to 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 activate the power within them to do more, to be more, to have more this year in 2015. So that's one of my main goals. I want to get out to more communities to um, be the voice of many more communities this year. And so I hope that we can do that. As collectively as a team, as a unit as well. Um, a couple of things that I've learned while I'm trying to live better in 2015, it, it's kind of what I said, I think I said it earlier in the show about mistakes. We make mistakes. I think when we were talking about Empire with the young man, the Hakeem character, mm-hmm. and understanding that we make mistakes and, and mistakes are okay and that we shouldn't beat ourselves up about making mistakes. We, what we need to do is just learn from them, figure out what went wrong, why it went wrong, and try not to uh, go wrong again in that same direction. Am I saying you're not going to make any more mistakes? No, definitely not. That's not what I'm saying. Right. You're going to make plenty more mistakes because I think that from our mistakes or mishaps, we learn to do things right. right. You know, um, I, I, I'm often thinking about, you know, we learn to walk by falling. We do. We did. We do, and we did. Yeah, we learn to we still walk. fall. Yeah, we do fall. We we fall, but not not necessarily physically fall. No, we don't. However, physically, however, physically, yeah. physically we learn as as toddlers mm-hmm. to walk by falling. You're right. You're correct. Yeah, yeah. Because if we always had had that cushion or that crutch, we would have really never learned to walk. Because we would have been dependent, we would we never would have stepped out on our own strength. We never would have stepped out on our own faith, and to make those steps in assurance that I I have the strength, I have the ability to do. We would have been waiting on someone else to do for us. Right, you're you're definitely correct. And the other thing too, not only you know did we learn how to walk by falling, we learned to think things through. I know when I was learning how to drive. Uh, in my parents' driveway, it was like an S shape. So in my mind, I practiced backing out of the driveway initially in my mind, and secondly, believing in myself that I, I really can't drive. I think I, was, you know, I started driving real early, you know, you know, 
most of the things secretly yours. What do you deep what do you really, really want that you yearn for? I mean that you I mean I think that secret, I think that my standpoint, what do you yearn for? I, I yearn to be a millionaire, so I put so you things in place okay. to help me become a millionaire. You know, I, I secretly yearn to be a better life coach. I secretly yearn to be a better person. You know, I secretly yearn to be in better shape, so I have to put things into play, you know, that will allow me to afford, you know, the opportunity to become those things. I think that I, I guess when you put it in, in that context, I think that I probably just secretly yearn to really, and it's going to sound cheesy, but to have, to be able to live the best life possible. And what I mean by that is that I want to be, I want to be ultimately happy, if that's making sense. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be able to 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 have the best of the best. I want, I want the best house. I want the best car. I want, you know, I want to have, I want to have the best life experience that I can have. That's understandable because I mean, and so it may sound it may sound real broad or vague, sure. but when I when I dream, I dream of, I dream of of having the best of the best, and I mean when I say the best of the best, I dream of having that ultimate ultimate house. I I, I dream of being able to to get on my private jet and fly to some of the some of the best places on the earth to for for dinner, for dessert, to shop, to just see some of the most fascinating um, pieces of the world. When I when I dream, I, my colors are very vivid, mm-hmm. and so if that makes sense, um, so I don't nothing's dull. When I when I have my secret yearning, it's nothing. I mean, I dream of just being able to just completely be happy and not ever wanting for anything, I and do. being able to get whatever it is that I want. And not only that, not just for myself, but I also my secret yearning is that I will be able to make my closest family, my closest friends, just as happy as I am. Uh, that's a, that's a wonderful yearning, you know. And ultimately, you know, to piggyback off that, I think the ultimate thing for me was to be able to live to the highest degree of development for my soul and my talent. So, in doing so, then that means to me, um, not wanting for anything, um, having the ability to share what I have without thinking about, well, I don't have enough for myself. You know, I have. Possibly, can I give you something? So, sharing with others, ma- uh, making things possible for others. You know, we do it on a small scale now, but doing it on a grander scale. Same as sending someone to college that really, really wants to go to college, or helping someone achieve success uh, in whatever fashion they think success is on a on a grand scale, and letting them know that they really actually have all the components that they need to become successful, uh, it is my desire, you know, to unlock that box for them based on the things that they, the the predispositions or the inherent uh, or innate 
talents and gifts that the creator has already given them. That to me would secretly that's that's it for me. And I think that I think that deep down the secret part about it is that I yearn for it so that I do want to be able to do those things. I wanna I wanna do them I want to have. I want to be able to experience those things like now, and when I say like now, because I want to be able to experience those things so that my parents can see me live that best life. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to get it. I don't want to experience it when they're gone. However, if if that's how the cards are laid out, and they they aren't here to see me. Um, matriculate and be able to to achieve those kind of things and that's how the cards are laid out. But I would love to have them be a part of of that. Right. With, oh, with, along yeah, with witness it. And, and I agree with you. Yeah. Um that that is very important to me. I mean that would be the ideal thing. And I think it will happen. I think twenty fifteen is a shifting point and I think there are some things that are going to happen that that the journey that we've taken will begin to unfold those things, and it's even going to surprise us because I think sometimes for me, I think we actually, I look for things to happen in a certain way because i planned them, I've written them down, this is what I think, this is what I prepared for, I want to be uh, prepared in terms of getting the credentials, meeting the right people, you know, being prepared for the opportunity when it presents itself. And somehow, some way, always, it comes a different way. So I think this is the year that certain things will begin to unfold. And those in our listening audience, I think if you would be open to the fact that things will not always come the way you plan for them, because our plans are intertwined with our destiny and our purpose, and sometimes we, unfortunately, a lot of us have not discovered what our purposes are, and for those of us who have discovered what our purpose is, sometimes it happens in the middle journey, I call it, or even late in life. You know, some people that are, I think, are very fortunate to find out what their purpose purpose is very early in life, but I think the majority of people that I have opportunity to meet and talk to and coach have found those out later on in life. But it's never too late. That's the thing about it. I think that, you know, you live a long time and in living is learning is a part of living. And I think we do that as long as you're open to learning something uh, and then open the mind enough to be flexible in terms of, you know, change, you know, welcoming change. And a lot of times we don't want to welcome change. I think a lot of things will happen for not only you and I don't have any doors, it will happen for those in our audience who, who are listening. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Gregory, for that particular question. I think you kind of opened a box for the both of us as well as those who are listening. For those of you who have joined us, this is Conversation Cafe with Ava Kelly and Mahogany Door. You'd like to call into the show. The number is 773 897 3986. You'd like to join us on the chat line, please do so. If you want to tweet us, hit us up at Combo Cafe. Let me ask you a question, A. Raquel. Yeah, what do you what do you think you need to have the best life possible? 
at this point in my life, I think I just need to go ahead and just step off the cliff. And what I mean by that is not that I haven't taken calculated risks risk before, but I think at this point in my life, if I just go ahead and just, just jump out there and jump off the cliff, I just know that I know that I know that when I land, I will land standing up. Okay, so so what's what's preventing you from jumping off that cliff? Being being too cautious uh, at certain times and and not willing to uh, do away totally with certain people sometimes in my life or certain situations out of uh, concern that I won't be there for them if if I'm needed. And I think if I get past that part, which I'm working working with. And, and coming to the realization of that I'm just going to have to do me, as you stated, to a degree, do me. Um, and once I do me, those things will be fulfilled, and I believe that those individuals who have, have helped or believe that we need assistance will still be around once, once that transition has taken place. Mm. Okay. So I guess I would have to pose the same question to our audience. If What, what do you feel like you need? in order to have the best life possible? Or is there anything that you need, you know, that that will propel you into that next phase or stage of your life mm-hmm. or that will give you that lift up or leg up? Because oftentimes I know most of us will say money. But will money truly solve or will money truly get you to where you are? Or where you want to be, let me put it that way. Well, I say, I say no, and the reason why I say no is if you're not prepared for a windfall, you will end up in the same position you're currently in. Now, if you're disciplined enough to go out and learn what it takes to maintain the money that comes your way, it's going to be great. I mean, I think you'll be great. And a lot of people are uh, prepared to make that transition, but there are so many people that are not. It's just that um, when when it's just like individuals that want to win the lottery, but if you never if you never play the lottery, then you have not put it out in the atmosphere to whether you choosing your own numbers or it's quick pick. Right. You have not put it out in the universe to draw that money to you, and so and if you're given the opportunity to attract that type of money, what are you gonna do with it? Do you know that you need a CPA? You need a lawyer? Do you know if you do you have a financial planner? Do you, you know, what are you going to do with it outside of, I'm going to buy me a new car, I'm going to be buy me a new house, I'm going to buy my, I'm going to send my daughter to school, my son to school, I'm going to take a trip around the world. What happens when you come home? Right. What happens right. when you send right. kids to, you know, to what, school? What, that, what comes after that? Yeah. And so I guess I would have to ask you, A. Raquel, if you were, if you, if you walked out the door in the morning and you ran into Oprah Winfrey, and she said, "Tell me your story." And you begin to tell her, tell you, tell her your story. And then the next question she asks you, "How can I help you?" What would you say to Oprah? I would say, Oprah, I have formulated a company that will assist individuals like myself in turning their lives around by becoming more self-aware. And I just need your assistance to, you know, get out there to attract the individuals that need my service. That's all I need. I mean, it's, the money will come. I believe the money will come because Ms. O will 
position me by being uh, attached to her, people will come. So are you asking her to are you asking her to mentor you? Are you asking her to connect you with her connections? Mentor me and connect me with her connections. Because if I'm connected to Oprah, because I'm connected to Oprah, opportunities will come. And because of the opportunities, I will meet other people. And then when I meet those people, other people, I will meet other people. So it will become a chain reaction because I've asked her to not only be my mentor and to expose me to other people, then opportunity leads to people, people leads to people, people leads to other people, and then that will create that chain reaction because not only will I be connected to her, but I will be connected to people six people away from her. Like the right, the six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. Okay, so so here's a twist to it. What if Oprah, in the midst of that question, said, "I'm willing to give you everything except for the connection to me." And I should. She takes that off the table. So then, what would you say if she said, "How can I help you?" You can have everything except for the connection. Connection to her. Yeah. You can help me by the connection to her. Let's see how I. Do. Meaning that you would have her. You would have access to her time. Okay. You would have access to her resources. You would have access to. Pretty much everything that she has access to, but you could not say that Oprah's my friend. Oprah helped me get this. I would still be able to do it because at this point in my life, I'm prepared to go get alone, or I'm I'm prepared to go on the journey with someone else. What you know? But I can still go on my own. Even if she removed herself and said, I will mention you in private. I will give you access to resources, but you can't mention me. That's fine with me. Because at this point in my life, I've come thus far leaning on my um, my skill set, leaning on my ability to make lemonade out of very little lemon or using the residue of the lemon juice that was left. So Oprah removed herself and said, I couldn't mention her. I don't have an issue at all because if she's going to continue to pour into me, mentor me, give me resources, uh, introduce me to other people, then I still have access. It's just about having access and being in the right soil. You know, if you, you know, an apple seed is going to grow an apple. You know what I mean? Uh, When you plant pinto beans, they're going to grow pinto beans or soybeans are going to grow soybeans. So if you're in the same soil, if you're in the soil, mm-hmm. right, and you uh, have been bred or you have yeah, bred or genetically, your DNA says you're going to be this, you're going to be that regardless of if it's Oprah Winfrey, Steve Harvey, or any otherwise helping you become that. You are born with a certain disposition. You're born with innately with certain gifts and talents. You just have to get to the right soil. And if she removes her name, she is still the right soil because you still have access to everything that she has to give you and support you that would create create that opportunity, people, places, and things by being connected to her. So you would have to call her name one day. There are plenty of people that are connected to Oprah. They may not be able to use her name, or they are her. They she is their mentor from afar, but 
but they still become the individuals that the creator, God, and, and, and purpose them to be because she turned on the light bulb or she had the opportunity to show them how to do something differently. So I would still be the success that God has called me to be, even if she wouldn't leave me her name. Just being connected to Oprah. Right. And it would be enough. Right. And I think that that's great. And I think that that's necessary. And and the thing that I was trying to, to, to get to, which you you profoundly explained and articulated, was that we have to know how other people can fit and feed into our dreams. Right. And into our vision. Right. And so if we don't know that, then we'll waste, we we can potentially waste a whole lot of time with useless people. You agree? Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep talking. I got to break. We, we, we continue to sow our seed in the wrong ground. And one of the things I, I can say, you know, by looking at the, the pastor that we sit up under, you know, I do as he do. If he's out um, getting his stuff together, opening, you know, new horizons or expanding his horizons, then I follow him and do what he, he, he's doing. You know what I mean? Because to me, it's the right time to do so. Uh, if people are around me that want that want to be more successful as an entrepreneur and I catch their vibe, I catch their energy, and while they're working on their projects, I work on my project. Because my thing, which we often talk about, you often preach. Mm. What is that? Is you know, it's about the focus and the energy. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's the law of attraction at its best. Whatever you continuously focus on and do it, whether it be a positive focus or a negative focus, that's what you're gonna. That's what you're gonna um, attract. So if I'm going to focus on something, I'm going to focus on it in a positive manner. I'm going to be clear, concise, concise and specific about what I want to attract. And I have to let myself know that on a daily basis. That's why we say write the vision and make the plan. Write those things down that you would like to achieve in 2015. And if you don't achieve all of them, so what? If you have 10, 10 goals on it that you daily look at, uh, hourly look at, and you achieve 5 out of the 10, guess what? You're 5 closer to the 10. The other 10 come in 2016 because you're still focused on doing those things. And sometimes it's a matter of putting some goals together that fit hand in hand. Uh, a screwdriver needs a screw and vice versa. Absolutely. You know, a plug, an outlet needs a plug, vice versa, in order for them to be functional. So you have to continue to strive and focus on things. And, and, not, just, just, and not just a screwdriver needs a, a, a screw, but, it, but the screw also needs a hole. A whole, right. a place, uh, in other words, a place where it sits. Every, yeah, everything has a purpose. And so if, if you're not able to achieve something, um, try for two months, six months. If it's not working, go back and revamp it. If it did, if it doesn't work, throw it out. Find something else. Um, there are plenty of people, as we see on Shark Tank every week, that come up with these ideas. Now, what I have learned is the best way to success is to create. And sometimes I think we get into a habit of being so um, competitive with one another and competitive with ourselves that creates that, that innate creativity that you were given from birth or from inception 
we we negate and then we start to compete and when we start to compete we lose our creativity and you know therein lies our success in being creative. So you can create every day. Whether you are a teacher, preacher, policeman, paramedic, uh student, mom or dad, if you create rather than compete, we'll be so much further along. And so again, this has been a great show. Thank you very much for the question that came through. This has been Living Your Best Life in 2015 with Avery Taylor Mahogany Dawn here on the Conversation Cafe. We thoroughly enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it. Hey, send the show to a friend. Send the show to a student that's looking for direction. And let us know how you feel about the show. You can contact us at any time. Um, that is it for us this week. Um, come back next week at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We're going to have another great show. And we're going to continue this time for as long as we think that it is necessary. If it comes a subtopic in the show, so well be it. At least, you know, we're doing what we think is necessary to help those of our listening audience who really want to live better lives in 2015. Um, good night. How are you going? Hope you have a great rest of the week. And um, live, the best life, live the best life you can live each and every moment that you are afforded. Of course, we know the next moment is not guaranteed, but if you live this moment to its fullest, then, hey, you've done all that you can do. Remember, do do something new. Try something new. Uh, Say something new. Try to do something different each and every day um, that you have an opportunity to experience something new. Learn something new. And know that we love you here. In the Conversation Cafe, we are your hosts, and we're signing off for the evening. It has been a joy. It has been a pleasure. We thank you for allowing us to spend this time with you in the Conversation Cafe. Join us next week, same time, same channel. We'll We'll be back next week. We love you. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Conversation Cafe with A. Raquel at Mahogany Dawn. If you like what you just heard, you can continue to follow the conversation on Twitter and Facebook at The Convo Cafe. You can tell your friends, family, and colleagues that they can listen to previous shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Conversation Cafe. This has been a Studio 3408 production. Join us next week for another edition of The Conversation and remember, where there's no dialogue, a story is no conversation. You're my weakness. You change my world. Share my life.